0: We talking rom-com, we talking action, we talking drama and movie classics, whatever you want, yo we have it, cause we talking movies on a podcast,
1: so I married a film critic,
0: so I married a film critic. So I married a film critic. Hey, honey, I just want to so talk I about the movie, movie. like film casually. Critic. You don't have to so bring up the mar- re- cinematography. Honestly, let's just talk about, like, how the characters were fun. Married a film critic. So I married a film critic. So I married a
1: film critic. Welcome to So I Married a Film Critic, a discussion between a professional film critic and lecturer and me, his wife of 20 years, who just likes to watch movies for fun. I'm your co host, Julia.
0: Hey everyone, this is Barry the Film Critic.
1: And today we decided to, I don't know, kind of finish off our Wednesday... (laughs) Wednesday. Wednesday?
0: What happens on Wednesday? (laughs)
1: Nothing. Our February (laughs) month of just different kinds of love stories. Now I'm
0: curious about Wednesday.
1: I don't know. Today's Wednesday. Oh, that's why you said that. Okay,
0: got it. (laughs) We're finishing this off on a Wednesday. Got it.
1: Yes. So... This is actually one of Barry's favorite love stories of all time. So well, well,
0: no, it, no, it, it is my favorite love oh, story. Okay, yeah, it is.
1: Well, tell us why. Oh, we're doing dogfight.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is our first episode. Welcome <laughs> aboard. Uh, yeah, this is um, this is a movie I think a lot of people discovered. I knew it was coming because as a young man, I was very much anything River Phoenix did. I was on board with um, Phoenix. Like a lot of people my age, he was very important. His work was pretty amazing, and his versatility was pretty astonishing, especially if you look at everything he did uh, back-to-back. We didn't have him for very long, Grover Phoenix only lived to the age of 23. And in that time, he was an Oscar-nominated actor. He played Indiana Jones. Um, and then he did this movie, In My Own Private Idaho, in the same year. And for me, that was it. It's like, this guy could do anything. And this was the one that it, it didn't get promoted very well. It was this little movie, and I remember reading that it was coming, but then it, it just didn't open anywhere and when i first encountered it and and kept revisiting it on video cassette it occurred to me like this is this is an amazing performance and this movie just doesn't feel like it fits into any kind of mold so i love it for that reason and the thing that made me love it a lot over the years was when i first started teaching uh film classes over at the university of colorado springs uh, for the many years i was there and they were all really good years this was one i would always show um, in my hollywood history class and would always be near the end of the class because I would talk about kind of this thing that happened where movies that were made independently and movies that were made at the studio level sort of started to blend. And that has a lot to do with Miramax and the fact that movie stars wanted to do little films. They didn't want to just do these, you know, these big paycheck studio things. Um, you know, that that's nothing new, but it, certainly in the 90s, it, it seemed especially, it just happened a lot. So this was one of these movies that it's it's not an independent movie. It was made at Warner Brothers, but it was made by Nancy Savaka, this director who started off making this movie called True Love, which I really liked with uh, Annabella Shiora. and she just uh she has a real sensitivity with how she deals with the characters. same thing with her next movie, Household Saints. Um, I really like her stuff, and this movie um, you know I, I was just so moved by it. It didn't feel like it fell into any particular kind of rhythm that love stories typically fell into. And, you know, I mean, even talking about what the film is, what the movie is about, why it's called Dogfight, and the incident that kind of brings us into the love story, nothing felt like a foregone conclusion in this movie. And I think that's why I love it so much. I hate these movies, as you know. I hate romantic comedies. I hate love stories because everything feels predetermined from scene one to scene 29 like it feels like there's no question how it's gonna go and with this movie i mean even the i remember the first time seeing it like i have no idea where this thing is going and uh, you know i i think it's an enchanting movie and i think it's a really raw film at the same time it continues to be something that just really I, I'm, I'm challenged by the film in some ways so yeah this is my favorite love story because i it always feels like the first time every time i watch it mm.
1: and where can people watch it because i have a feeling people listening to this are like what is
0: this movie (laughs) Dogfight can be found on the canopy uh canopy site which of course is a free site and uh it was a it was a site that really took off around the time of the pandemic there's a lot of libraries that support canopy you get uh, three free movies a month and if you get a library card or even if you don't have a library card, you can still sign up I think you have to you have, to have
1: a library card to sign up. I think you do, but yeah.
0: I'm not sure if that's still still the the staunch stance they take. But okay. but this is uh, this is one of these movies that floats around. I mean, I've seen it on Amazon, and you'd have to like pay for it. But um, yeah, currently it's on Canopy, and you know, I, I don't know. I hope people find this movie out. You know, I'll see quickly, and I definitely want to talk more about River as we get into the movie. But you know, Joaquin Phoenix is the real deal. He's a he's an excellent actor. Um, but I I found out about the Phoenix family because of River. And if you're not familiar with him or you only know him as, you know, young Indiana Jones or from Sneakers, you need to see this film. Um, This is an amazing performance. And for that matter, we haven't talked about Lily Taylor, who is also extraordinary in this. Um, All right. Well,
1: let's jump into it. Let's get
0: into it. Yeah, because obviously I'm a little too in love with this movie. So let's, (laughs) let's just talk about the film before I talk about how much I love it.
1: Okay, well, we open up with River Phoenix on a bus and what? It's 1963 or it's I think it's it's later than that.
0: Yes, at this point, yeah, because it's
1: we have a because he's gonna go into a flashback in a little bit. But he's on a bus by himself and he goes to a diner and on the news they're talking about the Vietnam War. Yeah. And when he gets back on the bus, you know, we kind of dissolve into nineteen sixty three San Francisco. And that's where our movie's gonna take place. I mean, it's basically it's less than twenty four hours. And so We see River Phoenix back on a bus, but this time, you know, he's younger. He's with his buddies. They call themselves the four B's because they all have
0: names that start with B. Yeah.
1: You know, they're kind of planning a little event. We don't really know what it is. And
0: they're all ogling an issue of Playboy magazine. It's like, well, this is a this is a very this is a very appropriate way to introduce these characters because of this contest that's about to take place. They're really you know, it's all about image and it's mm-hmm. all about, you know and and you could say that a little bit about themselves too. They're tough, but at the same time as we as we get to know these guys, there's something that's kind of motley and brotherly about them. Yes, yeah, so they have a very special kinship, but like they're not You know, there's certainly not a typical depiction of the Marines. It's not that the movie doesn't celebrate the fact that they're Marines, but it's also like they're recognizably human, Mm -hmm. you know?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they (laughs) there's this funny scene on the bus where one of the guys is like, I want in on tonight. And, you know, I have money. And so they're kind of like, I don't know. I don't know if you're up for it. But they they let him in on whatever they're doing because we don't know yet. And when they get to the bus stop, one of the guys has them like, get in line. And and they do this whole thing where they kind of salute and do this whole thing. And when he dismisses them, they're now they're all by themselves out on the streets of San Francisco. And they're trying to get a date for
0: tonight. The film doesn't, compl- you know, it's on the movie poster, you know, which I don't know how I feel about that. I, I, I like that initially we're not sure exactly what's up. It's, it's not made completely clear what the dogfight is initially.
1: Right. So I do love this opening where all the guys are trying to talk to these women and they're trying to be smooth. And, you know, th- some of the women are just like, yeah get away from me. And, yeah. and they they exit the film. And then you kind of see they all have different tactics for yes. trying to get dates for tonight. And <laughs> one of the guys, I don't remember one of the bees. He goes to where these people like people are getting off like a a bus and he's just like oh my gosh it's you and and he hugs this woman and and he's like so excited she's like i'm not who you think i am and he's like you're the spitting image of of her and i don't remember what he said her name would be but she's like no i'm ruth two bears and she's this native american woman who's just looking at him like who are you you know and he's like ah all right I'll make it up to you. Let me let me go buy you a drink, and she just goes along with him. It's like, wait, what?
0: <laughs> and I don't know. I, I, this is something I think the movie. I don't know if they'd make this decision today. I think they'd get away with this choice because the way the actress is playing it, the way the character is written, and she's 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 fascinated by this, but she's not completely. Yeah, I mean, she's I, not a fool. Yeah, I feel like she's, she's almost like okay, we'll see where this yeah, goes. Yeah, I
1: think I feel like she's going along with it but she's like I can bail anytime, yeah, you know? Yeah, like this, I could take this guy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cuz his tactic is very uh pitiful. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. I know, just trying to pretend she's somebody she's not. Yeah. Yeah. But it it's a it's a comical like the way that they play it is comical.
0: Yeah, and I got to say like the the film, you know, because once we, you know, and it's not too hard to figure out exactly what's going on. But once the movie reveals what the dogfight is and what the rules of it are and what the and exactly what's going on here, obviously it's hurtful. Obviously it's mean spirited. But these opening scenes are, you know, they they are, they are comical, and it's also showing just how stupid and desperate these guys are because. I mean, can we, we can just talk about what this is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a con- it's a contest where the guy who can pick the ugliest dates wins, and there's a little panel of Marines to the side who are who are voting. judging everyone. Judging, yeah. yeah, yeah. But you know, the thing is, I mean, the thing that's so ridiculous and so obvious is these guys could just pick regular girls and take the to take them to a regular party, and just have a regular, regular yeah. good time without being this stupid dogfight. It's so like completely pointless. Yeah. You know, there's something, you know, it, and it's like this, it's, it's this very childish thing. But the movie is also making a point about boys versus men. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, we, we meet these guys ogling at, at a Playboy magazine. Like these are boys who, you know, over the course of the film, they become more humanized, as certainly Bird Race does, at least. Um, Which is River Phoenix. Yeah. yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. So when he meets Lily Taylor... He's Rose. Rose. He goes into Rose's Cafe, which is owned by her mother. And you can tell he's looking around trying to find somebody. And he sees her off. Like he just sees the back of her. You know, she's trying to play her guitar in the corner. And he's like, oh, wow, you play so beautiful. And I don't know, like, if he's just completely lying to her this entire time. Because he makes up the name of a. Uh, singer songwriter he says that
0: yeah you sound like jim swain yeah
1: she's like i've never heard of him and she
0: knows her music so she's cool she's she's challenging him from the beginning like i've never heard of that guy like i've got the i've got the liner notes to the record upstairs because i've never heard of this person
1: yeah yeah and so he invites her to the party and initially she says no yeah and then finally after he leaves she's kind of like I never get to do anything. I mean, you can kind of see her, like her thought process. Like, I'm always here at this cafe with my mom. It's just me and my mom. I never get asked out on dates. And so she's like, I'm coming with you. Yeah. And she (laughs)
0: catches him across the street, bombing, trying to ask another girl out. This guy's such a rat. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then,
1: but what I, what's so relatable with her, you know, she runs upstairs to go change. And she's trying on all these dresses and nothing's fitting right. And she's trying to do her hair and she's so excited. But every, (laughs) it's like, it's a really sad clothing montage. It's not pretty woman (laughs) at all. You know, it's very real. Like, I I have nothing to wear. So when she finally comes out, I mean, her hair is as high as... (laughs) It's huge.
0: Yeah, she she's overthinking it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And you know, and who knows the last time she's been on a date?
1: Well, maybe this is her first date.
0: Maybe it is her first date. Yeah, who knows? Yeah,
1: so I, I I'm watching Lily Taylor and I'm wondering like she's not she's not ugly at all. She's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So they really try hard to make her <laughs> look sort of homely, but she's really not and she's very sweet. So, what do you think about this choice of actress for this role?
0: Oh, I think it's ideal because, I mean, the first time I ever saw her in anything was was the movie Say Anything. She's this girl who has broken up with her boyfriend Joe, and she walks around with a guitar, serenading, and she has this song called Joe Lies, where she basically just talks about <laughs> her, her ex boyfriend. She's gorgeous, um, but she's not a you know. But you know, she I became aware of it at a time where. I mean, the, the picture of movie beauty was Molly Ringwald. So I, I think I think Lily Taylor is I mean, you know, again, I'll say it. She's beautiful, but she's like, you know, I guess not the whatever the the conventional Marilyn Monroe idea of right. what a movie beauty is, which is, you know, unrealistic to begin with. Yeah. So, no, I think she's perfect for this, because, as you've said, the movie finds ways. I mean, everybody in this movie is attractive. But the movie finds ways to make them unattractive in a way that's, you know, like, OK, you put a you put glasses on somebody, you take their hair away, you give, make their hair too big. And, you know, that takes away the picture perfect idea of what beauty is, which is which is nonsense to begin with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
1: So they're walking to the party and he's at one point he's like you know, we don't have to do this. Like we could just go to dinner. And she's like, no, I want to go to the party. I want to dance. Yeah. And then he, he's like, Hey, let me help you with your lipstick. And so I don't know. I feel like he's having an inner conflict with himself. Yeah. Like he's thinking, all right. So if we're going
0: to go through with this, I'm going to win.
1: Right. And so he, he gets her lipstick like all over her face. And yeah, but I feel like he's he is second guessing his choice,
0: yeah, the movie doesn't glorify the bet, but the movie finds the morbid humor in it. And, you know, it's it's. You know, on the one hand, it's like, oh, this is just awful that they're doing this. But the movie, you know, again, it's like it's, make- it's not making these guys look so great for doing this. Um, one of the characters in the movie, the the one of the girls who's brought to the party is played by E.G. Daly, the one who can take her teeth out. Right. She's a character actress. She was Dottie in Pee-wee's Big Adventure. She was a rock star. E.G. Daly's awesome.
1: OK, and this teeth thing, they just did it for the movie, Right. I think so. Like she really has teeth, but I'm they made
0: sure she does. But I don't really know that much about it Oh, Because okay. <laughs> <I laughs> it's so. really
1: good the way like it looks real. Yeah. But she has no front teeth. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. So one of the bees. Well, she refers to her... yeah
0: yeah she refers to these guys as a pack of pukes, and she's not she's not incorrect <laughs> in referring to them that way. Yeah, because again, like the movie, I don't know, like it's it's a tonal thing. The film does not glorify this and look this movie came out in 1991 if this movie had come out in 1981 i think it would have glorified it Mm. absolutely in the age of porkies and revenge of the nerds i think they absolutely would have glorified this and it would have been a comedy about this um and it's not necessarily that it's a decade removed i just think that this film and the fact that it's, it's directed by a woman i absolutely think that has something to do with it it's smart enough to find the humor in this dark and otherwise but at the same time like it's not celebrating this
1: right So the guys, they're trying to get the girls drunk because apparently they get points if a girl throws up, which is so horrible. Yeah,
0: it's very juvenile.
1: Yeah. And so Rose is, she's like, oh my gosh, like I can't drink anymore. And she eventually does throw up. but. So the end of the judging is they all have to dance. They all dance together on the dance floor. Yeah.
0: And the so-called judges are watching the guys, the girls, they're taking, they're giving them points for whatever reason. It's so, yeah.
1: Yeah. And, you know, River Phoenix says, let's get out of here. Rose, you're a nice girl. And this is an effed up place. And I yeah, feel not like the first
0: time he uses the F dash, dash, dash word. If, if the movie is rated R for any reason, it's the profanity is, is almost nonstop.
1: Yeah. So, but she wants to dance and there is a funny scene where the guys are judging the women and they they give one of the guys a four and they're like, that's a guy. <laughs> it's a guy in drag. And it's really funny the way that they do it because they, they can't tell, but it's really obvious that it's a guy. Yeah. And so then they're like, all right, I'll give him a seven. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah
1: so the girl with the note with no teeth definitely wins the,
0: yeah she and that's yeah again that's eg daily elizabeth daily as marcy and everything comes full circle like if you weren't sure what the movie was about and i've and i've shown this to, movie to people without telling them what it's about and that's always interesting to kind of like kind of watch the you know the light bulb kind of slowly go on oh where they're
1: like oh no oh like oh oh,
0: i see what this is yeah but yeah the scene in the ladies room is key because yeah rose is is throwing up (laughs) she ends up getting points for throwing up in the toilet um and while she's in there marcy comes in there she's having a fight um
1: yeah because she's like you owe me money and he doesn't want to pay her everything because he paid for the cab yeah he's
0: awful awful (laughs) So, yeah, so she's, so Marcy's putting herself together and Rose overhears this. And that's when Marcy explains to her, like, it's like, it's not so bad. You know, they, they give you drinks. They have to be polite. They have to be nice. You know, it's like, but those are the rules of the dogfight, you know, and she explains to her what the dogfight is, you know, and that's, this is what this is. And that's Mm -hmm. why you're here. And, and then, you know, the, the moment that's so lovely is that Marcy puts her teeth back in. She's like, see, like, I'm really not that ugly actually.
1: Right. Yeah. It's like, of course you're not. Yeah. And when Rose is, the light bulb does go off for Rose, and she runs out and just punches River Phoenix. It's in the so face. satisfying. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's great. And she's
1: just like, what are you, you know, this is terrible. And what about all these women? And he's like, they don't even know. <laughs> and it's like, is it, you know, in their minds, okay, because the women don't know? And you it's like know this inside be, joke. Yeah. And you
0: have to be polite, and maybe they'll go the whole night without knowing. Yeah. But it's, you no, know, it's, it's so terrible
1: so he's like i've been to you know tons of dog fights and (laughs) it's you know
0: i think he says like this is like his sixth one yeah yeah yeah.
1: and the women never find out and it's just like this inside joke with the marines and and other you know military guys and i'm like but again like it's
0: so it's like just like these are these are good looking young guys just pick you know like like ask who you want to go to the To this, not the dogfight, a get together, like have a good time. Like this whole, the contest thing, it's so pointless.
1: Right. And it's just about like winning money because they all have to put money in. Rose goes home early because of course she's devastated.
0: And it seems, you know, and and this is one of the things I love about the screenplay. It kind of seems like this part of the movie is over Mm -hmm. because Rose goes back home and her sister, who's kind of like her, you know, very much like her parental figure, um, you know, her mom. Is it her mom or yeah, her sister? Yeah, that's her
1: mom. Oh, that is her mom.
0: Gosh, she's so young. Um, yeah. Yeah, the mom basically says, like, oh, you had a good time? Okay, well, you know. She's like, and,
1: you're home early. Yeah, like... yeah.
0: And we then cut to Birdlace and the rest of the Marines, and they're kind of at this out, outdoor carnival. And it just kind of seems like, okay, like, we're we're done with the first part of the movie. Because um, Birdlace is not showing any remorse. He's just, you know, he's, he's, he's drunk, and he's just playing along with the rest of the Marines. And the movie cuts back and forth um, between kind of the two worlds that are converged. And it's like, okay, we're just going to watch these characters after this this traumatic incident. And at one point, um, I got to say, like, there's no obvious picks on the soundtrack. That's another thing I love about this movie, even though it's set when it is. You know, you get a few songs like Sugar Shack and there's a little bit of um, um, The Lion Sleeps Tonight at one point, just a little bit of it. But it's not like wall to wall, like Elvis Presley and, you know, whatever. Obvious like, it, choices. Yeah, yeah. No, 60s. It's, yeah, because um, Rose sits alone in a room listening to Joan Baez's Silver Dagger, which is always just one of those images that just breaks my heart. Like, this is what it this is what her looks like. She's just sitting by herself listening to a record. Record, you know, surrounded by these pictures in a room of all of her favorite artists. And, you know, it just seems like the movie is, I mean, if one thing, the film just kind of stops to watch her and it's it's lovely. Mm-hmm. And in, in that surprising cutaway outside of her house, suddenly you see Birdley shows up and that's where the second act begins.
1: Yeah. So he's trying to get a note up to her window and there's just a funny bit with her dog and <laughs> him trying to get past the dog. Yeah. But he climbs up to her window and he puts a note that says, sorry, please meet me in front. Let's go to dinner. <laughs> so she gets dressed. Now she's looking, you know, her hair is just normal. She's wearing like a, a sweater and a skirt. She just, she does. She's not all dolled up. She just looks like how she normally does. So he's apologizing. Oh yeah. This is where he's like, I've been to six different dog fights and <laughs> you're the only one I've ever tried to talk out of going.
0: Yeah. And, and and it's true. It is true. And he reminds her of those moments where he tried to pull it out, which is absolutely true. But you know, of course it's like, well, it's like, Oh, but you're yeah, you, some like great yeah, guy. You now. tried, but you, you didn't exist. <laughs> you know, you should have just told her what it was up. There's a shot in the film um at this point. Cause this is, this is the this is where the movie basically begins, really, and that's not a bad thing. Um, it's just like like you know the film. I don't know the whole. I mean, if if the dog fight was a front um, for the victims that these Marines are picking out, then this is you know it's also the front of what the movie is because the movie is really about two people. And there's a shot of Rose and Birdlace outside the diner, and it's from inside the diner, and you're watching them outside the window. It's like one of my favorite movie pictures, um, because that's what the movie's about.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. And that's where the film begins. And uh, so we begin the back and forth of showing their night together, contrasted with the rowdy nonsense that the Marines are doing. And this is where we get uh, Brendan Fraser introducing Oscar winner Brendan Fraser. I can't even repeat his line, <laughs> but his, uh, yeah, he has a, he has a profane, uh, and a really memorable entrance into cinema. He did, uh, School Ties and, and cinema Man right after this. Mm, so mm-hmm. welcome to the movies, Mr. Frazier.
1: Yeah. Well, Rose agrees to go to dinner with Birdlace, yeah. and the only thing she's like, you, she just is like, can you please just stop swearing? Like, why are you <laughs> always swearing? She's just really turned off by that. They start going downtown, they're in San Francisco, they go into one restaurant, and he's like, no, it's not good enough, and she's like, this restaurant's fine, like, what are you talking about?
0: And the restaurant that they choose, it's interesting, it's very, it it reminds me a lot of that moment with uh, Herb Froman, the Sausage King in ferris bueller yes you know they're very they, fancy they, yeah they they talk their way into a restaurant that does not want them does not accept them
1: well they have to wear he has to wear a, a jacket yes. and tie and he doesn't have one and it's like then they end up in this costume shop where they woke people up to get a jacket and a tie and then they yeah.
0: go back it's like yeah and Birdlace and rose have a really good rapport at this moment it's like that's funny because even though they were just fighting and he's really broken her heart and she's kind of going along with it. They do have a really good chemistry even though they're such different people.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And she's kind of like, "Why are why why do we have to do this?" And he's like, "It's you and me against the pricks."
0: <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: Like yeah, like he just has this chip on his shoulder like no one's going to tell us we're not good enough for this place. Yeah. She um again she's really upset about him swearing and he's like, "What's the big deal?" And yeah. so when she orders, she's like, "I will have the effing salad and the you know, bastard. This and the... yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's actually really. Funny. It's great. Yeah, yeah, it's
0: a really ni- no. It's a mo- it's a nice moment. And then Phoenix has has like the best punchline to that. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. it's great. Just see it.
1: She orders an entire meal, and he just orders a beer. And she's like, "Why don't you order anything?" And he's like, "Well, I don't get paid till next week, and I, like this is all I can afford." Yeah. And at one point, she completely like splits the meal and gives him half. It's just it's, it's very...
0: very yeah, it's very daring.
1: Yeah, it is. It's very sweet. All right, now we're back with the four bees, actually three of the four bees, and they're all getting bee tattoos at this tattoo parlor, and it's like, they're all getting the exact same bee in the exact same spot on their arm, and they're waiting for bird lace to show up. At one point, you see they're done with dinner, and they're walking along the street, and the guys in the tattoo, one of the guys in the tattoo parlor sees them walking and doesn't tell the other guys. Cause he's like, well, it looks like Birdlace has other plans for the night. So, yeah. But the tattoo parlor is pretty funny because one of the guys
0: keeps repeating himself to the tattoo artist. He's like, I know, I know what to do. If this movie wasn't work, it would lose something whenever they cut away back to the Marines. And it, to its credit, like those scenes are almost always funny, always interesting. Mm-hmm. It's sh- it's not just the same joke. I mean, these guys are knuckleheads, they're jerks, they're sexist, whatever. But like there is a brotherly camaraderie it does feel authentic the chemistry is there there's always like some kind of goofy humor to be found and it's also about again about these boys trying to like embrace the convention of manhood basically you know and they're they're getting these tattoos and it's like yeah like we're marines so we got to get these matching matching tattoos because we went through boot camp together and we're soldiers and we're warriors so we're going to you know we're this is going to be our unit we're going to be identified by these tattoos mm mm-hmm.
1: You know, Birdlace and Rose are walking and, and he tells her that he's going to be going to Vietnam. It's interesting to hear him talk about Vietnam. Like, yeah, we're just, it's like a peacekeeping mission. We're just going to go over there. We're just going to kind of talk to them. We're going to like kick some butt and then we'll get, we'll be back.
0: This is, yeah, this is, I think this is one of the smartest choices the movie makes because yeah. it's not heavy handed. It's like, right. no, this is, this is not before V, I mean, this is before no one even knew, you know, respectfully, no one knew where Vietnam was right. on the map, you know, yeah. and this is before, you know, it was, you know, it was a word that, that has so much weight Um, But
1: this is probably what it was like to hear people talk about it before it was a thing.
0: I mean, like, you know, recently, you know, not to not to get too heavy handed, but recently like I was watching uh, Regis and Kathy Lee the morning of September 11, 2001, Mm. you know, it's like, hey, it's September 11, 2001. I'm Regis. It's like, oh, my gosh, (laughs) it's the most surreal thing, you know, but that's but that's what this moment is. It's like there's this is before there's context before there's no weight to it. yet. Yes. So Mm -hmm. when like so when Phoenix is telling, you know, Lily Taylor, like, yeah i'm gonna go to this little place well called vietnam I'm like yeah that's exactly what it was like it's, yeah. it's you know and it was this little like no big deal and we're we're going over there we're the good guys and that's, but there is you know. this
1: like sinking feeling like you get because we did see in the beginning of the movie yes. where there's vietnam wars on the tv in the background and you can kind of hear the death toll and stuff like that yeah so to hear him on this side of it is like oh like no don't go
0: yeah yeah no <laughs> yeah. of course
1: and, yes. But Rose says she wants to write to him, which is very sweet. And then they kind of get into this conversation slash fight about shooting versus singing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where he's like, yeah, you know, you have guns and you're just like, take out the bad guys. And she's like, no, like you play music for them and and singing and, and music brings people together. You know, they just kind of have yeah. this cool...
0: Yeah, Rose is yeah. very countercultural and mm-hmm. Birdlace is not. So it's this it's it's great. It's like this is a microcosm of what conversations were like right then and certain the conversations that would follow in the years to come. And it's probably
1: even conversations that are happening now. Of course. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think it's very universal. Definitely. This this part of the movie. And mm-hmm. so they do kind of get into a fight and and they do apologize to him, I mean to each other, yeah. I think, because she's like, "I don't want to spend the night fighting with you. Like let's enjoy our time." Mm-hmm. I love this part where Rose takes him to a cafe where she wants to perform one day and she sings for him. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, she she uh, she plays the piano for him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, occasionally she hits the wrong key. But for the most part, she, you know, earlier she's playing Joan Baez and... You know, she mentions like Woody Guthrie and a few other. I mean, she's just like she's that kind of musician where it's like you know, music is personal expression of the soul. It's not escapism. It's not you know, just like for dancing. Like music is, is life. Music is is language. Music is conversation. And we see that in the way that she performs. And he's smoking like a chimney, but like Savaka makes the choice of like lingering on the way he watches her because yeah, it's it's a real moment for the both of them. It's lovely.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's some awkward kissing that they they do and i love this part because i'm watching it going oh my gosh this is so embarrassing like the way because they they're kind of in this arcade oh yeah that's a
0: little bit later yeah 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 they go in the arcade and uh, he puts yeah they put coins in every single yeah what automaton, whatever you call them yeah those uh, there's
1: music playing they're da- they're kind of dancing they're dancing yeah this yeah. is a
0: cacophony of music around them the camera right. is swooning around them and it's like they're it's like they're a romantic love scene moment but yeah because it's it's awkward because it's real because sometimes yeah. when you kiss someone yeah in that kind of moment it doesn't quite look like clark G- clark gable and you know.
1: yeah it's not a movie movie kiss it's like oh this is real
0: or like what it looks like when you think it's going to be a movie kiss yeah and it's not
1: (laughs) it's not yeah yeah i mean it's 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 also sweet but it's also i I feel like i'm like oh i feel like a voyeur like actually watching this couple
0: which is good because most movies i don't feel that way at all it's like okay the the lighting on richard Gere and julia roberts here is perfect the camera is tilted (laughs) just the way they choreograph this. It is the most. There's no <laughs> sounds. Like, yeah. No, like yeah. It's this is this is a movie kiss. Yeah. And by the way, the movie suddenly is contrasted because it's it, this is the most swooningly romantic moment in the whole movie, and then it's contrasted to what the Marines are doing. Oh my
1: gosh! And I didn't know <laughs> what was happening. Yeah. Because they we cut to the other three Bs in this theater.
0: They're in this sleazy. Like it's not a porno film, but it's it's what you would call an educational film back in the days. A movie about uh, nudist calling
1: oh okay that's what
0: that's what they used oh, to that oh. that's how they would justify these <laughs> movies like what's an educational film you know it's it's you know Rhonda goes to the nudist camp
1: yeah and she's it's like this naked chick on the screen and i'm like where are they and you're like it's a skin flick yeah and i'm like oh
0: so i've heard you know his history
1: history yeah yeah yeah. yeah. you've studied
0: it it's a, it's a lot of studying oh, okay yeah, mm-hmm. took my classes so yeah um they're the three b's are watching this movie and without being graphic about it a sex act is being performed on them by a prostitute it's the most shocking moment in the movie and to the film's credit it's played as a laugh and it's over pretty quickly it's probably other than the language the reason that why this movie is rated r mm-hmm. um i've never liked this moment because it is so uncomfortable and it is such a shock at the same time it needs to be here because this is the contrast of what like like meanwhile this is Yeah, disgusting. meanwhile
1: there's this romantic, like love story brewing. And in a
0: di- you know, in a different timeline, uh Birdlace would have been right there with him.
1: Yes. And exactly. instead
0: he's you know, he's letting his guard down, he's being vulnerable. But the question I definitely want to circle around back to is how much is Birdlace really into her? Because I think it's very clear that Rose is falling in love with him, but Every time I watch this film, and certainly the first act of this movie, I'm really looking at Phoenix's performance. I see nuance there. I'm not seeing, uh, I, I, I'm just not seeing the obvious choice. I don't know how much he's really falling in love with her. Mm-hmm. And I'm really, you know, and we'll, we'll get back to that. But uh, yeah, but even even during these moments, it's like, how much of this is his guilt? How much of it is he's just going along for the ride? How much of it is he's really surrendering to the moment? But he's also drunk. Mm-hmm. And he's also you know very conscious of the time I don't know I, I have mixed feelings about it not not in the sense that I don't want to undermine the romance of it because it is romantic but i I'm not completely sure
1: yeah i I agree with you because that when we finished the film and we were talking about it, I was like, yeah i I don't know. I don't know where he ends up in yeah. all reality
0: yeah so but yeah well but yeah
1: well, so Rose invites him, you know, they end up back at her house and she invites him up and sneaks him into her room. And there's this funny moment where they're kind of sitting on her bed and she's like, do you want to play musical bingo?
0: She's like, it's a game called Maestro. And he's like, yeah, sure. So she pulls out this board game. It's <laughs> like, you get to be the conductor. And she has some cards like, man, this is, it doesn't get more real than this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> can you just imagine he's like are you kidding me i could be in the movie theater right now with a prostitute and now
0: i'm playing musical bingo it's great because the way he he's like yeah you know i'm a little tired i i, I don't think i really want to play this right now i don't i don't I do not do musical bingo it's like oh okay and she just puts it away yeah but she you know they do
1: start kissing again and she's like well why don't i just go like get more comfortable and she goes into her closet. And becomes
0: another getting dress montage. Of, and puts yeah. on
1: like this huge, like grandma nightgown. Yeah. You know, and when she comes out, they're like in her little twin bed together.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, I guess it's the, the sex scene, the love scene, although it it's, uh, unlike the scene in the movie theater the the camera quickly pulls away from it. it. It definitely like whatever happens here is up to your imagination. You know, whether, whether they just spoon or whether it's, it's they
1: I think consummate they, the, relationship. I think they do. You think they do? Yeah. yeah. I don't
0: know. Um, cause he, he, uh, he, he pulls out a condom. at one Yeah. Point, right? yeah he, okay. he
1: puts a condom under the pillow. Like I'm going to have knows how long quick access yeah. for that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and is it, I can't remember. Is it in the wrapper or is it? Yeah. It's okay. in the wrapper. It's not like Howard the duck where it's just exposed. No, okay. no, no, no. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It it looks like it it's okay. Okay, it, it could be used.
0: <laughs> good, good. I'm glad. I'm glad. Birdlace, a, a a United States Marine, is more is more sanitary than Howard the Duck. Yes, right. yes.
1: He understands, you know, how to be safe. <laughs> so um, yeah. and uh,
0: yeah, Bob Dylan's "Don't Think Twice, It's All Right" plays over the love scene. Um, again, great, great, great choice. Not an obvious choice. And uh, yeah, the film cuts to outside. the The sun is coming up, and uh, she's saying goodbye to him. Um, she
1: gives him her address yes mm-hmm. she writes it on yeah, that's a, a, a key moment piece and, of paper yeah
0: yeah and it's just that, that sort of lingering moment and yeah then he takes off running the one uh one behind the scenes anecdote which i think is kind of fun is the director Nancy Savaka has shared that the scene of River Phoenix running towards the Brooklyn Bridge, like running away from, from Rose's Cafe, running out of her. The Brooklyn life.
1: Bridge in San Francisco? I'm
0: not the Brooklyn, I'm sorry. The uh,
1: Golden Gate Bridge? Thank you. Oh, Golden okay. Golden Gate
0: Bridge, clearly. Yeah, sir. Sorry, Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah, so he's running towards the Golden Gate Bridge in the, the background, or just running towards it rather, um, but away from us. And we're watching him. The camera's watching him. And Savaka said, like, it's such a, it's such an amazing shot. But she's like, it's the last one they filmed in the entire movie. And he was laughing hysterically because apparently she was just going, run, River, run! <laughs> run, River, run! And that's what he's doing. And you can't see how hard he's laughing. But that's, like, this beautiful shot. It's the Aww. last one they filmed for the movie. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Well, so he meets up with the
1: bees. And they're like, where were you? And he's like, I spent the night with an officer's <laughs> wife. You know, like, he... <laughs> I don't know if he is embarrassed to tell them he was with Rose or if he's just... I don't think he can. You don't think he can?
0: I don't think he can. No, I, I, I don't, you know, with... I mean, come on. Like, the girl he brought to the dog fight and then he developed maybe real feelings for over the course of the night and slept with her. I don't know that... I don't think he... I don't think he could at this point Yeah. tell them that. Like, they would just be too cruel? Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Especially in contrast to how cool their night was. So, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We went to the movies.
1: Yeah. So they're, you know, they're back on the bus and just kind of talking about the night, giving each other a hard time. Oh, what's sad is that somebody, while they're kind of wrestling, grabs all the like papers out of his jacket and throws them out of the bus. Well, he tears it up. He tears it up?
0: He tears it up. Yeah. They're having the conversation about BS because his, uh, his buddy, they're talking about like like you did. You really went with the officer's wife, and the, and his buddy says, "Well, I saw you with Rose outside the tattoo parlor." Oh
1: right, right.
0: Yeah. So then the rest of the Marines around them are waking up, and they're like, "Tell us, tell us more details about the officer's wife." And as he's doing it. Um, it's Birdlace who tears up the paper and throws it out the window. Oh,
1: yeah. I guess I forgot that no, detail. It's okay. No, it's okay.
0: It's a, yeah, I don't yeah, like that detail either. The it's, BS
1: yeah. conversation was interesting. Yeah. Because, you know, he's like, I know you told your dogfight date. Like, I know you told her about what this was. Right. You know, and you lied to everybody. Yeah,
0: because, yeah, cause, uh, because Rose revealed that. Because, yeah, because that's yeah. the conversation that Rose had with Marcy in the bathroom. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so they're both like, we're both... BS artists
0: mm-hmm. like, and it feels like the movie's gonna end at this point, and it, it has a little bit more uh, to yeah. the film's credit. There's a,
1: a scene in, they they're in Vietnam.
0: Yeah, I wrote in my notes the way Rose watches him leave as the shot of river running towards the Golden Gate Bridge. See, I got to I got to write my notes. I know the movie doesn't take place in Brooklyn. Oh. I, I I do know that. <laughs> That's fine. But there's a montage of... uh, It's set to We Shall Overcome. And it's a montage of basically the progression of the Vietnam War. And Mm. Rose is watching it on TV. As well as all the horrors that are going on uh, during that time. Yeah, it's interesting because... We get the sense like, okay, her time with Birdlace is like this singular experience that she shared with no one else. So it is like this mm-hmm. this haunted, stolen, well, it's maybe one of these things where you kind of look back and you go, D- "Did that even happen?" And did it even happen that way?" You know? Yeah, because it is so extraordinary, but also like, who were the witnesses? Nobody. Right. You know, her mother, forgive me, I said her sister, her mother, you know, got met
1: him once, once but didn't very quickly. And
0: yeah, it wasn't even much of a conversation. Right. So it's like the fact that this guy even existed um, and because this is, you know, this is a generation away from from social media, not to mention any any very helpful way to keep in touch with people aside from writing and, and calling. Um it's like this is probably somebody who she's never ever going to see again in her life. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then after you know, and pinpointing the moment when he leaves, it's like the whole world seemingly changes right after that.
1: Yeah. Because yeah, yeah
0: we see yeah, the montage of We Shall Overcome, we see them react to the death of President Kennedy, the world is changing. And then suddenly the movie jumps to nineteen sixty six, three years later.
1: Well, before that, when they're in Vietnam, all the bees are all together. Yeah, and this is the Vietnam scene. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And there there is an attack
0: yeah they're sitting around they're telling stories and that you know they're just being their goofy selves but you also get the sense like okay like they are they're. you can tell that there's difference there's they're hardened they're tired um their physical appearances look a bit different and yeah while they're telling this this goofy anecdote suddenly this there's a really it's a very effective moment there's an explosion of violence and Mm -hmm. and one of them is apparently has died off camera and Birdlace is being dragged by his his buddies, and they're like, he's dead, he's dead. And, and suddenly there's another explosion. And that's what wakes up Birdlay's in the bus. So now we're full circle to the beginning of the film.
1: Right, right. So it's like he's been sitting on this bus going back to San Francisco. Yeah, remembering everything from that night. Yeah. And when he gets off the bus in San Francisco, he's limping. He's kind of walking around. And you can just see from...
0: The world has changed. San Francisco yeah. is so different from what we saw. It's no longer quiet. It's no yeah. longer, you know, like this, you know, the these, these shops and, you know, character. No, it's like it's it's a reflection of the late 60s. He gets off the bus and uh, I don't really want to say what's said. But, uh, you know, people are saying really uh, awful oh, things Oh, they're horrible to him. Horrible. To horrible. Him. Which, yeah. by the way, you know, it's a, that's always one of those details I heard from... Uh, People I know who served in the Vietnam War. They've said, like, yeah, people said horrendous things to them. People were spat on. People were th- had rocks thrown at them at the airport. Which is
1: so crazy because I'm thinking, you know, when you sign up to be in the military, you don't have a choice about where you go. I mean, they just send you where they send you. And, and you know,
0: and I, there's no excuse for that kind of thing yeah. at all. Uh, you know, a soldier little or a human being. But um, it also speaks to how controversial Vietnam was, you know, which mm-hmm. is something that I mean, I, I had to take. I, I had a history class about like you know the the years of how how it progressed and everything, just learning like, oh man, like how it progressed in the eyes, you know, plus the draft, everything that was going on in this country. I mean, like you know, I mean, we talk about how insane it is now, but like my gosh, the 60s yeah plus the you know the civil rights movement was happening, right. the drug movements, the you know plus like music and movies and art were getting really ama- becoming amazing. The contrast is like all these leaders are getting shot um you know and then like what's around the corner watergate like crazy crazy yeah, time like yeah.
1: one crazy thing after another mm-hmm. yeah we also noticed that birdlace has four bee tattoos yeah, on his arm yeah, yeah. and that that detail just kind of i was like oh all three of his buddies are gone now
0: and a great moment yeah It goes to a bar and that's when it comes out he's talking to the bartender who is a really colorful funny character and there's some also some barflies at the end of the bar and they're talking to birdlace and uh it, the The tone of this is so perfect. It's it's not heavy handed, but it's like yeah, they they realize he's a Vietnam veteran, and they're they suddenly become uncomfortable with him. Mm-hmm. And a guy goes like, "Hey, it's on the house," you know. But it but it's not like you know. It's like okay, just like please leave. Like we don't. We're yeah, not, we don't. Yeah. We're no longer comfortable having this like conversation with you. I know, which yeah. is so sad. And yeah. uh, Birdlace looks out the window and asks, uh, "You know, is this he Rose... sees?
1: Yeah, he sees Roses Cafe across yeah. the street." And it
0: and a and a wonderful because again as like, I feel like the movie's going full circle here with uh, with its themes and ideas because like yeah you know Rose... you know there's been a few roses. The one who's there is no prize, you know. And and one of the bar flies goes, "Well, you're no, you're no prize yourself, you know." It's like, <laughs> well, that's interesting cause that's what this movie is about, you know, appearances versus reality. Yeah. And yeah, he looks out the window, and we see Rose from minutes, um, looking different. Her hair is pulled. Her hair is very long, expectedly. In a braid, and, yeah. And pulled back, and she's wearing this long dress and taking orders, and she goes inside. Um, yeah. And then uh, we have the final moment of the movie. Uh, yeah, which is no. Yeah. He goes
1: inside yeah. the cafe and, I mean...
0: I don't want to describe it because I'll get all choked up even talking they, about do
1: it. But what do they say to each other? Do he they, just says her name.
0: He just says her That's name. That's it. Okay. Yeah, just says her name. And she embraces him. Yeah. And the camera has, like, this back and forth of uh, their reactions to each other. And finally, they just close their eyes and surrender to the moment and they just hold each other. Yeah. Um. But, uh, you know, again, like, what, you know, what I mentioned earlier, the whole thing of, like what exactly happened that night Mm
1: -hmm.
0: you know was uh was bird lace playing along was it because of his sense of guilt um was he just drunk and having fun was he really falling for her was he humoring her again like not really sure but but i'm also really looking at her eyes at this moment too because what is she thinking Mm -hmm. um because they clearly get it it's like this is somebody who's very important from my past she probably looked at him and said oh my god like i thought of you know, you you survived Vietnam. I can't believe you're back here. But when they're holding each other, as I've as I've asked you, and I've asked many a film class this, I wonder, like, is there, like, upstairs, like a crib with a little infant who looks like bird lace? <laughs> I know. Are we you, just a moment away from hearing a baby cry? When you said camera? that,
1: I was like, oh, my God. Well,
0: is it? Because, I mean... Well,
1: it wouldn't be a baby. It'd be, like, a toddler or oh, something. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, you're right. You're
0: yeah, right, yeah. But in any case, no, I mean, like, there, there's a lot of... You know, and it's like, where does the movie go from here? And it doesn't. And it, to its credit, the film ends right here. Yeah. Um, ends on John Fahey's "Sunflower River Blues," which is a beautiful piece of music and a really simple, quiet piece of music, which reflects the movie itself. Yeah, Bob Comfort's screenplay. I mean, I just, I love the choices it makes because it's, it, it's not concrete. Like love will, love conquers all. Absolutely not. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, no. he never wrote her. Right. You know, I mean, here she is thinking the whole time he's gone, you know, she's watching the war unfold on TV. She's seeing the countercultural movement and she's a part of that. Right. You know, and he
0: never was. She's
1: kind of becoming, for lack of a better word, you know, more, more of a hippie. She's enlightened. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, but she's also a business owner. Yes. So, you know, there's, there's a lot going on with her, you know, as a singer, as an artist, like she's I don't know. I think a very well-rounded person. It's
0: a time of growth. I mean, you yeah. know, if, if you want to look at that night together as a time of growth for both of them, sure. But uh, something I think I want to consider is that if he might've been, might've been, hopefully not, you know, if he was humoring her during that night, you know, just kind of going along with whatever that was. And it really wasn't a love story for him in this moment. She might be doing the same for him. Right. In the Latin, their final moments together, she's holding him like, Oh my God, it's, it's, Bird lace. Well, and
1: we don't know. Is she married now? Does yeah, she have exactly. a lover? Like yeah. we don't. We don't know. Yeah. Is she going to join a commune tomorrow? Like mm-hmm. we have no
0: idea. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, you know, on the one hand, you know, if you want to be all romantic about it, say like, oh, like you know, that this is maybe they found each other and they they spend the rest of their days together, and you know, and they you know whatever they you know with his uh with the money he has coming in they're able she's able to sustain the the restaurant or whatever or maybe this is their last moment together um, maybe this is the beginning of something the end of something
1: i mean is she for him is she kind of like the last good memory he has Yeah. before his whole life fell apart mm-hmm. and he's trying to go back to that whereas maybe, maybe it's the same thing for her too well maybe she's maybe he is a bad memory for her
0: mm, yeah that's a good and point.
1: after he left her world got better yeah and so maybe they're coming together in a moment where it's like he sees her as like hope and she sees him as doom <laughs> i don't know that's a good point yeah yeah it's really open to anything
0: yeah because i mean it's about two people who meet under circumstances that are hurtful and then again what you know what's going on exactly with bird Lace? we don't know and the movie doesn't tell us to its credit but is it catharsis when they're together at the end or is it you know as you, as you said like a, a way to acknowledge the past but also to you know to the need to move on from it or, you know, was it always, you know, was it always this thing of, like, these two were meant to be together because they found each other in this moment and that was impossible. And now mm. that they've been through so much together, they're clearly grown ups. They're not these kids when they met each other. So maybe this was, you know, when they're able to see each other truly for the first time.
1: Mm. Maybe. Yeah. Wow. I guess we'll never know. I get, do you think it depends, like... Whether you're like an optimist or a pessimist, how you view the ending,
0: I guess it depends on whether you're more like Rose or Birdlays. Mm. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: yeah, yeah, because I think, I think there is a sense of uh, I think Rose is definitely a romantic, yeah. Birdlace is not. There's a moment early in the movie where he's showing her the Bluebird of Happiness tattoo that he has on. His like, hand, yeah, yeah. yeah, his hand. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, it's a bunch of crap, you know. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I. I uh, but at the same time, when they meet each other, at the end of the film. I mean, they're just such different people. Yeah. And that's an exciting thing too. I mean, you and I have had had moments like that where we we are able to, you know, old friends, whatever the situation is, and it's like, wow, like the weight of the past and how amazing it is that we're, again, together in, like, you know, in different the same room. Different circumstances. Yeah, completely different circumstances, yeah. yes. You know, sometimes it's incredible, you know, to think, like, oh, man, like, you spent those years being over here. You were married to a different person. You had this good part of your life that's bad. You know, like some of my high school friends who, you know, have been through good and bad things. My college buddies, same thing. You know, and it's like – um, you know, like I told you, like I have a friend in college who I knew there was a moment in his life where he was, you know, suicidal. And the last time I saw him, you know, which was like a couple of years ago, he's happy. He's got a bunch of kids. He's happily married. It's like different dude, different thing, but like the weight of what we shared and went through, you know, and, and you and I have a lot of experiences like that.
1: What if though, you know, when he meets her, he, he pities her. He kind of feels when he
0: meets her for the first time. Yeah, yeah he's this is another potential victim. This yeah. is someone like, "Oh, look, she's not like whatever. She's awkward, she's yeah. clumsy. She plays a, a guitar, like, right. you know." But yeah.
1: when he meets her at the end again, it's a, it's a role reversal. I think yes. she she pities him now. I agree. You know, yeah. he's limping, he's been wounded, he's been through this horror. And
0: and he, there's a pause, which mm-hmm. is like, "Oh, this is great." Like she's not even sure she is like, is that really him? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I know. It's yeah. I don't know. Maybe because of what they both maybe because of what how he saw her at the beginning and then how she sees him at the end. Maybe they can come together because now they appreciate each other for who they really are.
0: I agree with you, and I, I definitely don't want to be cynical because I, I feel like this movie, of all things, uh, it's tough, but it's not cynical. Mm-hmm. So I definitely don't want to rule that out, that there's a possibility for the tomb at the end of the film. But for me, it's its like... it's the, What I love about the ending is that it's compassionate. Um, it's like, the, you know, the movie has earned it it's it's about these two people who have been through so much and they've gone through so many changes some of them right in front of our eyes in real time so at the end of the film it's like oh this is this is amazing they're uh you know they're able to to be with each other um you know long after they thought it was even possible
1: Ooh, what if after they embrace brendan Fraser comes down the stairs and is like hey honey
0: oh man (laughs) i love that that's fantastic, Jules. Well done.
1: And then he's like, no!
0: <laughs> Free frame on River Phoenix going, no! Yeah. Directed by Nancy Zavaka. Yeah. <laughs> it's wacky. It's
1: wacky. It's a wacky ending. Yes. Uh, well, do
0: you have any final thoughts? <laughs> I don't. I love, I mean, this is a, it didn't take long to talk about this one because it's it's a short film. It's, you know, but yeah, I feel like it's, I don't know, I, I think it's a perfect film. This is one of my favorite movies.
1: Yeah. Well, we hope you check it out, and if you've listened to us talk about it without watching it, you still, you'll still be surprised. I promise the it.
0: movie's better than our description oh, of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's a great film. Um, I miss Phoenix. It's a weird thing to say, but uh, this was when when I was a theater major in college, and I was doing a ton of theater, ton of plays. I had a picture of Robert De Niro in my wallet. It's true, black and white picture of him from a play he did, called did? Cu- Yeah, called Cuba and His Teddy Bear. It inspired me. He inspired me. This is before Meet the Parents, okay? Oh, okay. There was a period okay. where De Niro, like, didn't matter what the movie was, you know, now it's like, eh, it's kind of hit and miss. But there was a period where De Niro was, like, the guy. But the one who was younger and the one who I looked up to was, was River Phoenix, mm-hmm. absolutely. And when he passed away in 93, I mean, he died at the age of 23. It's like, oh, man, just too young. But, like, every time, I mean, if you look at that body work, he didn't do the same thing twice. Mm-hmm. You know, he just, like, he, he was just so insanely versatile. Um a lot of talent in that family.
1: All right. Yeah. Well I think Check out
0: Dogfight, folks. It's it's a it's a jewel.
1: And that concludes our discussion of dogfight.